Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome back to another episode on the Path to Freedom podcast. Today, I'm joined by Leland Gross, who's the founder and CEO of PeaceLink Financial Planning. Leland, thanks for being here, man. Of course, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we uh, we got introduced a while back. Had a chance to to chat a little bit a few weeks ago, and you know, for me, it was a no brainer to to have you on the show because I think everything that you and your firm do for your clients is very much aligned with you know what I talk about on the podcast, which is you know really leveraging business ownership to create more freedom for people. And one yep. of the the things I see far too often is that business owners, whether it's because they didn't structure their business the right way, or you know they're not looking at the different tax strategies, or they're not you know finding smart ways to use the money that their business is generating for them to create other income streams. But regardless, many many small business owners don't actually end up with the type of freedom that they set out looking for when they started their business in the first place. And I know that's what, you know, your company is all about helping, mm-hmm. I think primarily self-employed um, and and small business owners manage their finances and, and ultimately, you know, get the freedom that, that they want out of their business. So I'll let you expand on that, but I'm really excited for the conversation today. Yeah, I mean that was that is spot on. I find business owners all the time who are like, I I want to leave the nine to five. I want the freedom, and now I just work around the clock, spinning my wheels. Yeah, <laughs> like, that really went south for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but luckily you can dig yourself out of it. So, like you said, my name is Leland Gross. Um, I am the founder of PeaceLink Financial Planning and the host of the Self Employment Success Podcast, which we'll have you on. Um, and I used to work nine to five in a corporate kind of traditional financial advisor world um, where I was the nine to five employee advisor. Um, I was kind of told what to do, when I could do it, how I could do it. And I really felt handcuffed to um, really providing value. Like I wanted to provide value to my clients. I felt like helping them in their business, helping them with their debts, helping them really envision what they want out of life and treat their money as a tool to do that, to get that and build that um, is what I wanted to do. But I felt like I kept getting my wrist slapped for, you know, helping them get out of debt or helping them build a business because you can't charge 1% of someone's portfolio on their debt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was all about just setting up new accounts. It was very transactional. And I myself was getting burnout and had that entrepreneur itch inside myself that said, I can do this 
better. I can go faster, farther. Um, I can charge my clients less and do more for them and pay myself more. And if I can do all of that, why, why am I not doing it? And so, um, I set out to do what I, what's, um, called flat fee financial planning. So my clients just pay me a fee. Mm -hmm. It's flat. It's annual. We bill it through their business. I do work primarily with, like you said, self-employed professionals, um, really just doing the same thing I did, like helping figure out what is your vision for your life and how do we use all of your resources, your time, your energy, your money to build that. And that's what I did. I said, all right, what do I want out of life? I don't want to be strapped to a desk when I'm 60. I don't want to be beholden to someone else's expectations of me. I want to build my career and provide the value I want to provide in the way I want to do it. And there are people out there who will find a lot of value in it. So I launched PeaceLink two and a half years ago. Um, It's been wonderful. And we've really just over time continued to dig into this world of self-employment and figuring out, all right, from a business structure standpoint, from a cash flow, from a, yeah, investments and insurance, but also taxes and debt. How do we build holistically the life you want, starting from your business? Because that's your biggest investment. That's your biggest asset all the way through. Um, and it's been really wonderful. The The thing that I say a lot that I've also found to be really true is no one starts a business because they want to work nights and weekends and learn how to pay their taxes on their own. Because right? <laughs> you have a vision that's bigger than yourself for your life for your family, for your kids. And how do we do that? How do we use the tools at our disposal to build that is really what I I get fired up about. Yeah, it sounds like it's a much more comprehensive and strategic relationship that you have with your clients compared to like the traditional financial planner, right? And like we, you know, we have a financial planner well, we have a couple of them now, right? But like one in particular that I got introduced to when I was in college and, you know, didn't have a dollar to my name and, you know, started as small as like, I think it was literally $50 a month into an IRA. And, you know, we still use him for some things today. But, you know, as we've started businesses and, you know, our, I guess, setup or structure has become more complex. I mean, we've had numerous conversations with him and and he's like, honestly, guys, like I'm pretty limited in terms of what I can do to help you. Like mm. there's really these two or three areas that I can really add value to you in. And beyond that, like I'm just not in a position because he's with one of the big firms that, you know, everyone mm. would know and recognize the name of the firm that he's with. And, you know very smart, very talented guy, but, you know, there's just only so much that someone like him's in a position to help, you know, small business owners with. And I totally appreciate that. I believe that there is an advisor for everyone. I believe there's a CPA for everyone, but it's, it's really, what are the services that they're good at, that they're excited about the value that they provide? And then how do they charge for that? And for me, the value that I wanted to provide was restricted at at the firm I was at. Because again, yeah. it, it yeah. was like, we're in the same world, but what I wanted to be doing was much more comprehensive. And I, and I charge more because of it, right? Like my fee sure. is different. Yeah. And so I'm not the most budget-friendly advisor. I'm not the most expensive either, 
but I know the value I provide. I know the services I provide for my self-employed clients and other advisors charge differently and, and work with teachers or, you know, a generalist. Like they do really great, like retirement income planning for anybody, you know, there's everyone kind of has their, their flavor. So I, I love that. And I really respect someone who can say, Hey, this is my lane. This is not my lane. Yeah. And this is where I provide a lot of value. That's someone who I'm like, great. We'll stick. Like if you know yourself that well, and you're honest like that, we're going to go run the gamut together. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely want someone that's going to level with you. Right. And say, look, this is, this is where I'm well positioned to help. And these are areas that, that are not my expertise or I'm just limited. And you'd probably be better off to, to find someone that specializes in some of these other areas more. So, so let me ask you this. Are you, you know, because you mentioned CPA, we've talked about financial planners. Are you kind of replacing all of that? Or are you plugging in as part of a team for most of your clients? Like we have a CPA that, you know, does all of the taxes and tax strategy across our businesses. And then that trickles down to our, our personal taxes. You know, we've got a couple of financial advisors. If we were to, you know, work with you as clients, are you kind of replacing all of that? Or are you working in conjunction with some of these other you know, key folks that we're already involved with? Yeah, I would say conjunction, like I work in conjunction with them. Um, I would probably replace a few of them. And I basically tell my clients, we'll go as in-depth together as you want. But if you already have an investment advisor relationship and they're doing a great job, great. I'll just work in conjunction with them. If you have a CPA, great. The way that I view it, because I, so- CPA, licensed advisor. I'm a CFP. I'm a, a certified financial planner as well as an enrolled agent with the IRS. So I can do financial okay. planning, investments, and taxes. Um, okay. So I, I can do it all, but I tell my clients, like, you are the owner of the football team and you want your football team to make as much money as possible and to win the Super Bowl. So you hire a general manager yeah. And that general manager looks at the team and says, all right, who's the offensive coordinator? Who's the defensive coordinator? Who's who do we need? Uh, and those people are kind of running their strategies and yeah. their plays. Where do we have gaps that maybe we need to fill or replace someone? Exactly. And so yeah. that GM role is kind of where I come in and I say, yeah. all right, yeah. we're looking at it. Hey, here's your t I'm reviewing your tax journey. Here's the things your CPA has done really well. Here are a couple of things we need to amend or things they missed. That could be because you just didn't know you were supposed to get him that information. Mm -hmm. um, that may not have anything to do with the CPA themselves, but let's get in there and let's work. We're going to bring in this coach to kind of run that strategy. Hey, you know, I'm reviewing your trust and your estate documents, but you're missing an operating agreement for this other LLC. Let's bring in your, your attorney and kind of work in conjunction with him to do that. Um, so as many plays as I can run myself and my with my team, we do. Um, otherwise, we work in conjunction with professionals because, again, I'm not an attorney. And, yeah. um, and I do work kind of in this small business finance world, but the tax world is really in-depth. So sometimes I've got yeah. people and I say, I know the tax strategy and we're going to run it. Sometimes it's, hey, this is really complicated. We need to bring in someone. If I'm your you know, general doctor, we need to bring in a heart surgeon. 
if that makes sense, who like knows this area super well. And then we'd kind of help coordinate that. Yeah. But it sounds like for the person that maybe doesn't already have some of this in place, you're, you're pretty well positioned to be a one-stop shop unless it's like that example you just gave where you need the heart specialist to come in. Mm -hmm. You you can loop someone else in. So are, are, are most of your clients already self-employed or are you also working with people that are, you know, maybe on the verge of making that transition to, to becoming self-employed? It's, it's a whole gamut. I would say most of my clients are planning to go self-employed or have been self-employed kind of for the last five to 10 years. I I don't do a ton of succession planning. I don't do a ton of exit planning um, for people on the latter end. Mm -hmm. I love working with the front end of life because Mm -hmm. we, there's so much, so many life stages, so much accomplishments that like milestones we're going to hit along the way that are really fun. Um, As opposed to on the back end, there is complexity, but if we haven't done this well from the get go, it's going to be a world of hurt later. Yeah. So I, a lot of my clients are kind of, Hey, I'm in that nine to five rub and I have this dream and this vision, but I'm afraid to take the leap. I'm trying to figure out how to create a runway, what runway I need, how to structure it, or they're in, they're beyond the implementation phase to what I would say is like the building phase. Mm-hmm. We have cash flow, it's going well, but now we're getting hit with taxes differently, employment issues differently. We know we need to save for retirement, but we have employees under us. So do we do a 401k? That's hard to administer. How do we do that? Um, And basically saying, how do we get as much money out of your business into your personal life as possible, as efficiently as possible? Yes. And that is the game, right? As as a small business owner. And it's it's funny because I work with, you know, mostly franchise type businesses and the, the businesses we own other than my consulting business are franchises. And, uh, and I coach people through, you know, the process of evaluating franchise ownership and, you know, researching different franchise opportunities to see if, you know, any of them really line up with what they're looking for in a business. And, you know, in researching a franchise, one of the things you get to do, you know, compared to like just starting your own business from the ground up is, you get access to data, right? Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of that is financial in nature, right? The the financial performance of other franchisees that are already in that business. And in addition to that, you also get to go out and talk to franchise owners and, you know, essentially ask them anything you may want to know, right? And, and in most cases, a franchise owner, if they know that, you know, you're researching the franchise that, that they own and you've been through the proper steps with the franchisor, they're going to be an open book. And in most cases, there's no reason that they wouldn't be willing to answer your questions and share with you. And, you know, one of the things I always have to remind people of, because, you know, a lot of the the questions that are top of mind as they're going into conversations with franchise owners are around financial performance, especially Mm -hmm. things like net profit margin or, you know, EBITDA or net owner benefit, because usually that data doesn't get shared by the franchise or because there's so many different ways these franchise mm-hmm. owners can structure their business. Right. Yeah. Um, but I explained to them, I'm like, look, as a small business owner, your goal is to show as little 
profit as possible at the end of the year as far as the IRS is concerned, because that's what's going to largely determine your taxable income. So bear that in mind, right? Because if you're researching a franchise, you want to hear as high profit numbers as possible, mm -hmm. right? But once you're in it and a small business owner, the goal is to you know, show as small of profit numbers as possible. But to your point, you know, how do we take as much of the money out of the business as we can? Um, so there's a little bit of a disconnect there sometimes uh, that I have yeah. to remind people of. Um, but it sounds like, you know, one of your big focuses for your your clients is helping them play that game efficiently, but also uh, legitimately, right? So they're not going to get into any trouble with the IRS down the road. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I'm working with people and it's, um, hey, we're going to do this and it's actually going to cost you a little bit more taxes up front, but we're looking long term here or, mm -hmm. you know, hey, we do have to amend your taxes. You were writing all these things off that are not legitimate. Yeah. And if you ever got audited, that's going to be a world of hurt. Yeah. Um. So yeah, sometimes we are looking at you know, all of those details. And it's true, like part of the game of self-employment is figuring out what your taxes are going to look like. And you have more ability to sort of craft that. And there's pros and cons, like right? Like the more you make it look like you didn't make any income because you're writing every little thing off, the less tax you pay. So the more money that you keep in your pocket. Well, then fast forward to you're trying to buy a house, now yeah. it looks like you don't make any money. Yeah. So pre-approval is really hard. Then you have to yep. get an like, alternate financing loan, which is possible, like a bank statement loan, but your rates aren't going to be as advantageous. So we have to kind of like weigh a lot of these things in tandem to each other. It's It's not very linear. Now, the thing that's wonderful about franchises is, like you said, building out a business plan for that, strategizing we have more data points. We have mm -hmm. people who've done this before in the exact model before. Yeah. And so we can, you almost have like a clear picture to success and a clear idea of what the time frame is, what it's going to look like. It's so much easier to plan around that, Definitely. which is super helpful as opposed to someone who's like, I'm going to start this brand new thing. I'm going to start selling this widget I invented, try and get on Shark Tank. You're yeah. like, this is just like, a wild west of a scenario and and it's really hard to kind of get to market and really plow that unknowns yeah but the game of it is our businesses are investments no matter if it's a franchise if it's a startup whatever it is this is a cash machine for us mm -hmm. it's an investment that's going to produce a lot of money but it's what we do with the money it's not always i've got clients who it's like yeah my I'm a solo entrepreneur. My business cranked out half a million dollars this year. But then when you look, it's like, all right, well, you only made about 50,000. So you, it's not always about what you earn as much as what you keep totally. in your pocket. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, that, that can be EBITDA. That can be a lot of things. Um, in my world in financial planning, we talk about EBOC earnings before owner compensation. Cause okay. as an owner, you can, tweak your salary, your distributions. There's all these levers you can pull mm -hmm. to where your taxes don't look like really what you made. But so we look at basically what was everything and then what did you pay yourself in whatever form, like earnings before owner compensation to actually yeah, yeah. see how healthy is your business? How are you actually walk? What are you walking away at the end of the year 
with as the owner, how are you basically benefiting from that? And so I've translated that into my clients' books as well of like, I know this is a financial planning world phrase, but it is a healthy way to look and say, what is translating from West business owner to West personal? Yeah, it's. I think it's the, that? it's the best way to look at it, right? Or at least be looking at that in addition to EBITDA or whatever other metrics you're looking at. Because, you know, if I run my car payment through my business because I use that vehicle frequently mm-hmm. for business purposes, like I need a vehicle whether I have that business or not, right? So like yeah. that's part of my benefit as an owner of the company. So that should be reflected, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, hey, this is something that the business is actually paying for, for you, but also benefits you in your, in your personal life. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of intricacies. And to your point, there's also this kind of domino effect or things that you do have to think about further downstream where someone like you is going to be really well positioned to advise because like we just went through, we're we're building a house right now. It's why I was running late for this. We had to go meet the the builder. And so, you know, earlier in the year, we're going through the process of a construction loan. And uh, because we usually file for an extension on our taxes and, and one of our businesses um, had only been open for, I think, a year and a half or two years at the time we're going through this process, we had to do the bank statement deal with the bank. And and I think we are, you know, at least a half a point higher on our interest rate because of that. Um, so, you know, you've got to balance these things mm-hmm. to make sure that there are negative consequences down the road. Like, yeah. And to, and to look and say like income. half a point, what is half a point on your, on your monthly payment versus the taxes you saved by lowering your income on paper Right. And, yeah. And just kind of juggling those things and mm-hmm. saying, which one actually gets you further down the line with the most money in your pocket. Right. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, then there's a good chance that you're looking to create more freedom in your own life. There's also a good chance that you realize that owning your own business can be a great way to take more control of your livelihood and create more of that freedom that we're all looking for. Also, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you realize that I specialize in franchise ownership. In addition to owning franchise businesses myself, I have a franchise consulting firm, Path to Freedom, where I help people navigate what is typically an overwhelming process of understanding franchising, identifying specific franchise companies that could be a fit, and then conducting the due diligence in a thorough and efficient manner with those franchise brands. My whole purpose here is to leverage my experience working for franchisors, owning franchises myself, and how we've been able to use that to create more freedom in our lives and help you determine if that could be a path that makes sense for you as well. So if any of this sounds interesting, if you've considered business ownership in the past, whether you've explored franchising specifically or not, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to learn more about you and what it is that you're working towards in your life and determine if I may be in a position to help. A great starting point is the link below in the show notes, which will take you to a short form to fill out and you'll receive a free copy of an ebook that I've put together, The Seven Steps to Freedom Through Franchise Ownership. That'll also get us connected and I'd love to set up an introductory call 
where I can explain a little bit more about the process that I use to help people determine if franchise ownership could be a great way to start charting their own path to freedom. So click the link below in the show notes, receive the ebook, and let's get connected. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, so I, like, what is, what is your, I'm, I'm, I'm sure your process is pretty individualized, you know, to each client that you work with, but you know, like if, if my wife and I came to you and said, Hey, we want to, we want to set, get set up as clients. What does the process kind of look like from, from that initial conversation to, mm-hmm. you know, you guys actually being able to get in there and start mm-hmm. having some impact and and moving the needle? Yeah, we we've built out a really, in my opinion, successful process for for both parties, because there's only so many seats on the bus for us to really provide the value that we want to provide to our clients. We can't have a thousand people in our book of business. You know, we, we go really deep. We provide a lot of value. And so we want to make sure that all prospects that come on are good fits for the value we provide. And we want to make sure that they feel confident that, Hey, these are the right advisors that help us. So, um, if anybody reaches out, like, let's say you just, you know, ping me on my website or something, we do a free 30 minute phone call, mostly just to hear like, why are you reaching out to a financial advisor? You know, most of the time people don't wake up one morning and just say like, I really want to talk to someone about money today. There's usually a like, pain. Yeah. There's a, there's a transition them to happening. Action. There's a dream of a transition happening. There's a, there's some pain point yeah. that they're looking to solve. Um, and so we kind of just have that conversation and and hear and say like, yeah, that's what we do. Or that's not what we do. You know, if someone's calling and it's like me and my husband are both W2 teachers. We're looking to retire and evaluate our pension. I can do that, but that's going to take away a seat from the bus. So yes. I would probably say, Hey, I've got a great advisor who only does teacher pensions, <laughs> you should work with them. Yep. Um, if we get through that 30 minute call and it's like, all right, what, what you want is what we do. We move into the discovery process where we actually have people um, upload tax returns, bank statements, investment statements, you know, kind of a lot of the picture mm-hmm. and we have them complete a little questionnaire and we do another free hour long meeting where we really dive into the nuances of what do you value out of life? You know, like what was, what was your first memory of money? Like when did you first realize growing up that you had more or less? And what was that like? And what are you trying to accomplish? What, you know, prompted you to start this business kind of trying to understand who are they, where are they Mm -hmm. looking at their statements and where do they want to go? Yes. Um, from at the end of that conversation, I can get a pretty clear picture of, hey, starting off, here's the top boom, boom, boom things we should do. We need to, you know, really rerun your taxes and get crystal clear on that because you're you're bleeding. You've got a hole in the boat that's bleeding money or, you know, hey, we your business is pretty buttoned up, but you're per, you're not getting as much out of it from a payment standpoint. And so your personal is hurting. Your monthly personal cash flow is really tight. So we need to work on that. Or um, so I'll kind of give like a here's a high level financial plan that we could run with. Um, after that conversation, that's kind of when they say, like, yep, 
I want to hire you or we're going to go a different direction. Um, and once they hire, that's when we'll kind of give them access to a personalized portal. That's when all information kind of comes together into one place. And that's yeah. when we begin really building out the the strategies, putting the team in place if they need a CPA or an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple kind of free touch points along the way to get to the place where we can mutually decide. Yeah, we're if it's the work we're going to do is really powerful yeah, and, yeah. and we're a good fit. Um, and then for all my clients, once they're onboarded and we've got kind of everything in place, we meet three times a year. So we meet before okay. taxes are due to kind of make sure everything's in place, communicate with the CPA, um, look at the year ahead and kind of what they're expecting from a business perspective and a personal life perspective. After taxes are done, we review, we kind of do tax planning. We're saying, hey, based on last year, which when you file taxes, you're a historian, you're looking backwards. So we kind of say, all right, we take this information, we project it forward and say, Mm -hmm. what can we do between now and December 31st? That's really going to move the needle. Yeah. Um, Because most of the time when we're filing our taxes, there's only a couple of things we still have the ability to do to affect our taxes. Most of the time, January 1st comes and you're locked in. Um, So we want to be proactive from a tax perspective. And then we meet fourth quarter to go over the greater financial plan, investments, open enrollment, health insurance, especially self-employed health insurance kind of stuff. That's what we're doing right now with a lot of people um, and any find of final end of year stuff. So that's kind of beginning yeah, all the way through the process. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a, a good, good process all the way through, especially on the front end, you know, really giving each party an opportunity to, to get to know each other and really make sure that, that everyone feels it's a good fit. Um, you know, reminds me a lot of the early stages of my process working with someone, you know, we, we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, short-term goals, but also long-term goals and where Mm -hmm. are you now and and where are you looking to go? And, you know, that's going to really help me, you know, help them figure out is business ownership, the right direction for you is the timing, right? Is, you know, owning a franchise over some other type of business, you know, something that could really be a good fit. And and once all of that groundwork's been laid, the rest is is a lot easier in terms of, you know, all right, now let's go identify some specific franchises that really meet the criteria that's going to make the most sense for a business for you and help you accomplish what you want to accomplish. If you don't do all of that front end work, then it's a lot more difficult you know, when you get into the the thick of it, um, totally research and you and I are, franchises and you and I are both in advisory consultative mm-hmm. roles. And I think that's so important. Like if you're in that role where someone's trusting you to advise them and you don't really know them or know what they're trying to build, you hear, you want a franchise. Great. Here's a franchise. You're just pushing yeah. the product more than understanding the person and creating a plan for them. It's like, you're building a house. If you went to someone and they're like, great, we've got the house for you. We'll just build it. It's like, well, you don't know what I like. Yeah. You don't know what I you want. Know you kids don't know I have like, yeah. What are, yeah, you don't know how many, styles. I need. you know, yeah, like, it's being in that type of an advisory role and, and, 
you know, like in my world with franchise consulting, there's plenty of franchise consultants out there that will just throw some quote unquote hot brands in front of people and, you know, see what sticks. I'm sure, you know, there's plenty of financial planners out there that are, you know, all pushing the same, you know, two or three products, whether Mm -hmm. it's the highest commission or, you know, it's just what's, what's hot right now. And everyone's talking about, and, um, yeah, you've just got to, in, in, in my opinion, you've got to really take the time to dig in, get to know people, understand, you know, what it is they really want to accomplish and what they want their life to, to look like. And you do all of that before saying, yeah, I'm the right person to help you. Because sometimes the result is, you know what, I'm actually probably not the best person to help you, but I can point you in the right direction or introduce you to someone that that may be in a better position to help you. Yeah. It, it's that saying that slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Yeah. It's a slower process to really get to understand the nuances of someone's world, their desires, what they're trying to build. But if you can do that and you can put the right business in place or plan in place, it's going to be so much smoother and then you're actually going to go further together. Whereas if I'm not the right fit advisor, you're going to fire me in a couple of years. Cause you're going to be like, this guy doesn't get me. He, he doesn't work with people like me. Or if you're not the right fit client, I'm going to dread every time you're on my calendar and I'm not <laughs> going to want, I'm not going to be totally present in our meetings. Yeah. So as if, but if we are a right fit and we've, if we've done that due diligence together, it's going to be a great relationship. And I feel that the true is probably same with you. If you know, Hey, this is what this person wants. You can provide so much more value. It's so much more of a healthy relationship. And even though you slow down on the front end, you can accelerate them to their goal so much better because you're like, Hey, it's not this franchise. Trust me. Like, don't go with that one. I could have just thrown you in that one, but don't do it. This is the one for you because of X, Y, Z reason. Right? Yeah, because it's really a process of elimination, right? And there's thousands of franchises out there. And so the better we do on the front end, the more we can start eliminating pretty quickly, right? Because the biggest totally. thing that stops a lot of people from, you know, actually taking any steps forward when it comes to something like researching a franchise is just overwhelm, right? They start researching mm-hmm. online and there's just so many options out there they can't they they can't get past that point but um so I, i've only got you for a few more minutes so I'm, I'm curious on a couple of things and again i understand that you know what you're able to do for each client is going to be a little bit different and it's all really based on you know their unique circumstances but are there mm-hmm. like two or three areas that you could point to and say hey these are these are common opportunities we see with our clients where we're able to pretty quickly come in, make some changes, make some strategic adjustments and, and start moving the needle for them relatively quickly. Like, is it, is it on the tax side of things? Is it, you know, more on the investing side of things? Like what, where's kind of the, the low hanging fruit, I guess, in, in a lot of instances that you're seeing. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and give you a couple things because I do feel like when I move into a new situation and I'm in like a messy room, 
I see a hundred things that need to be cleaned up yeah, and provide value really quickly. But the things I see a lot that are feel like no brainers sometimes. I'm like, I sometimes I say it and I feel like people are like, well, duh, but I see it all the time. Yeah. It is a separating your business and personal, getting your business accounts in the name of your business. If you have an LLC, great. If your business bank accounts are in your personal name, the LLC is not providing you any protection. It's None. useless. So taking that extra step to actually separating your business and personal finances is huge from a bookkeeping perspective, from a tax perspective, from finding tax opportunities, um, from getting crystal clear on some of these, like how much am I paying myself things and and getting crystal clear on your business cash flow. Yeah. We need to put aside for taxes. And is there a separate account set up to actually do that? Some of these one just like structures will make your life so much easier when you're like, Hey, here's CPA. Here's just my bank statement. It's got all my income and expenses built into it. Here's a bucket of money I've saved for taxes throughout the year. So as my quarterlies come up, I can pay those. Yeah. Um, that's so if you're big. not paying quarterly, do it because you're paying late penalties and fees on your taxes. If you just pay annually. Well, and if you're not, so we, like we we've learned this lesson the hard way in our businesses and just switched over to a new CPA. That's an absolute game changer Mm. for us. And, you know, so up until very recently, and we've, we've had our own business for six years now, you know, that was the, the first business that we started. So probably slow learners, but weren't paying the taxes quarterly and and weren't really planning or saving, right? We never were in a situation where like we didn't have the money to pay the taxes. But, you know, when that tax bill would come around, it was always like, oh, shit, like that's taking a big, big chunk out of our cash on hand. And, you know, in some instances, like we had plans for some of that money, right? And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden those plans are, you know, shot or, or delayed. So that's, that's gotta be, um, you know, something that yeah. you do early and, and stick to that. Just creating those systems on the front end. Cause if you're W2, you get paid and we're just used to, I get paid. I taxes are already save that money and taxes are already gone. Yeah. As, as an entrepreneur, you get paid, you have to put that tax aside and to know how much that is and to, set up those systems on irs.gov to actually just pay it makes your life easier. The second thing is investment fees. That's a nerd thing on my end, but looking at someone's retirement accounts, their investments, and just saying, hey, you're in these mutual funds. It's costing you 1% or more. The average is 1.6 right now. And it's like, there are plenty of investments out there that are essentially free. They're like five basis points. They're so cheap. And most advisors don't put you in them because they don't get paid on them because they get paid on those fees. Yeah. Um, But if you can really eliminate fees and drag that, because that comes out of your returns, that creates drag. We can instantly look and say, hey, we just saved you X amount per year. And if you project that over 20 years, this is the difference that that will make, which is huge. Um. So that's like on the investment standpoint. Um, The last thing is for all my clients, we 
view it as we're building a house, ironically, because you're building a house. And so we have to start with foundation. So just making sure basic powers of attorney are in place, a will or a trust is in place, depending on what makes the most sense, operating agreements. If you're, if you have a partnership, you need in writing, I don't care if it's your best friend. I don't care if it's your brother. I don't care if it's your wife. Like what happens if one of you doesn't want to do this anymore? Yeah. You need that in writing because so many relationships fail. If you're in a business partnership, it's like a marriage. Totally. And, and you want as much of this on paper, even if you have the best relationship in the world, just to have a foundation that if a hurricane comes, your house wasn't built on the sand and is being blown away. It's yeah. you've got a rock solid foundation. So that's kind of where I start like business structure, you know, how are your accounts structured? How is it cash flowing? How are your taxes set up? Just basically how are your investments set up? What are the costs to them? I, that wasn't even looking at return and risk. That's just, what are the costs? We'll get to return and risk later, but are you overpaying? And then, you know, do we have the legal documents in place to make sure if crap hits the fan, everything's okay. Like you're yeah. going to be okay. It makes a lot of sense. And and what I like about it is you're, you're a long-term partner for your clients, right? So it's an evolving relationship, you know, year one, year two uh, of you working with the clients likely going to look pretty different than year five will, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're, you know, probably doing a lot of cleanup and, and, you know, repairs to the foundation early on. But as, as all of that gets straightened out, you know, assuming their businesses continue to go well, mm-hmm. now more and more opportunities are are probably arising where you're going to be able to help and advise and and strategize. So, um, yeah. I love what you're doing. I, I wish we had more time, but I know uh, we're we're coming up against a hard stop here. So, very very quickly, um, tell the listeners where can they learn more about PeaceLink. Uh, where could they get in touch with you or someone from your team if they'd like to to have a conversation and, and see if maybe there is a fit to work together? Of course. Um, you can find me on my website. That's PeaceLink FP. So P-E-A-C-E-L-I-N-K F is in financial, P is in planning dot com. Um, we're also on, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram. All the handles are PeaceLink FP. Um you can reach out any of those places, have a link to that free intro call just to hear what are you looking for. Um, but yeah, we'd love love to hear from you and reach out. And then we also have the Self-Employment Success Podcast as well yes. um, that you can check out and just hear from other entrepreneurs similar to this kind of like just conversational style. Yeah, it's great. It's Keep good an eye stuff. out for Wes's episode. That'll be coming soon as well. I'm I'm excited about it and uh, appreciate you making time to to be here on the Path to Freedom podcast. We will link everything that you just mentioned in the show notes to make it easy for people to find you and get in touch with you. But Leland, really appreciate it. Um, love what you're doing to to help small business owners and entrepreneurs. I think it's something that uh, is much much needed. So keep up the good work and uh, thank you so much for dropping in here on the Path to Freedom podcast. Thanks so much for having me. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path the number 2 
frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path, the number two frdm.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.